prefer to scare away potential listeners, <laughs> if at all possible. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Couples Book Club. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's my welcome. Does that work? Yeah, I like Kay. it. Yeah. Well, and then we'll play the theme song that I wrote. Theme song, singing about some books and how we're going to read them and talk about them. Yeah. I actually think that's better than the is, theme is song it? I wrote. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. Okay. Well, you can keep that if you want to. <laughs> Maybe I'll just sample it and make a remix. Yep. I can read, you can read, we can read. We're reading together. I married you, you married me. We got married, yeah, we married each other. Now we're reading books, talking in mics, discussing stuff with one another. We're a, a couple's book club. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> that guy knows what I'm talking about. Yep. Um, Stained motherfuckers. Uh, I'm I'm gonna take the blame for this. Isaac read the book in a perfectly timely manner. I started work again for a while, and then I was doing a lot of comedy stuff. Um, so I've been busy, and also just not really that motivated to get through it. Yeah, this was. Well, we'll talk about it, but it was yeah. underwhelming, based on reputation. We're uh, drinking tea. Um, it's a it's a Sunday evening. There's a lot of snow on the ground outside. Just had, you know, varying lean cuisines yep, for dinner. Respective lean cuisines. Orange chicken over here. Uh, I had a, a chicken with peanut sauce. Yeah. It was an adequate dinner. Yep. That should be like their their marketing slogan. It's food. Lean cuisine, adequate. <laughs> I'll be hungry again in uh in a little while. It's truth in advertising, at least. Yeah, so for this episode, we read The Master and Margarita by Mikhail Bulgakov. Bulgakov? Bulgakov. Mikhail. I I defer to your... Misha. Mish, mish. Mish, It was written between like like 29 and 40, I think, is what it said, and then published posthumously and there's never one like completed like manuscript so isn't this sort of build as like the first complete yeah i'm not sure or maybe like the most complete because i got the impression that there are like bits that are dropped in and out depending on the version yeah there's a lot of notes i will say not enough notes about the things that are actually confusing though yeah yeah <laughs> yep. yep 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 um should, I guess we could give a little, so a little, a little recap of the I book. Honestly, remember very little of it. I, so I'm going to defer mean, to you on this. I finished it a few days ago, but I mean, can I tell you what happened in it? It's I've, hard to. I've say. read like four books since I finished this, so yeah. it's kind of. Yeah, let me see if my. It's a little drifty. You at least have notes. I didn't take any notes. I have, I think, eleven notes that are mostly about Behemoth. So, Satan comes to Moscow. Mm-hmm. He freaks out a poet and another writer dude. Mm-hmm. Writer dude ends up getting beheaded. By a train. Yeah. Um, and then the guy, the other guy who was with him goes crazy after yeah. he saw it. Sure, sure. Like you do. Uh, Satan. Satan um, and his assistant have like a stage show that they do. 
Yeah, they they take over some dude's apartment. Yeah. Oh, is it Ivan? I don't fucking remember, dude. I don't remember whose apartment it is, but I they take know. over somebody's apartment. Yeah, Satan is going by the name uh, Woland. Yeah. Woland. I'm just going to loudly sip my tea. Yep, do mic. that. Yep, sip it in there. Yeah, he does like a magic show, and he's got like... With like fake money and like giving people clothes, and then they find out that they're like naked later. Right, because the clothes weren't real. A recurring theme in this book. Yeah, a lot of naked ladies. Yep. He drives everyone insane that he comes into contact with. He's got... He's got one assistant. Uh, Stripey pants. Yeah, and then he's got another one who's a cat. Oh, a very behemoth. large cat. Behemoth, behemoth is the best part of this book. Then there's uh, Azazello, who's like a redhead with a weird fang. And then there's sometimes that witch. Hella. Hella. The naked chick. Yeah. And so like the first third of the book is just nonsense that they're up to all around Moscow causing shenanigans. There are a couple pilot chapters in there too, aren't there? Right. In the in the early bit. Right. So interspersed within are are chapters from this book about Pontius Pilate that the master was that writing. That the master is writing, but we don't meet the master until like over 100 pages in. Yeah. It's, it's pretty late. He's in this, um, like, sanitarium or whatever. And um, so, yeah, so there's the master, and he's writing this book about Pontius Pilate, which I assume was, like, scandalous at the time because it had a religious topic. I have a note about uh, Pilatism and apologia for Christ. Apologia? <laughs> so. Apologia? Is that how you pronounce it? I say that? apologia. I don't know if that's right or not. I'll just say apologism because I know how to say that. Yeah, that that that, that sounds right. Um. And well, because the um, I guess, or at least the st- the the satirical uh, viewpoint that they take here is that like the Soviet authorities not only are they like Jesus wasn't like a god, it's that he never even existed, which like. I don't believe in anything, but I believe there was a historical figure, Jesus. Yeah. No, I think there's a historical basis for that story. But um, Embellished? Yes. A little, little embellished but. by our friend uh, Matthew. Uh, uh, Levy Matvey, who shows up. So that's kind of interspersed without... And we find out that the master, whose name we never learn, um, has this girlfriend, Margarita, who's married to some other guy but is just like dissatisfied with her life and is like devoted to the master um but he tries to get his book published and um people don't like it and he gets bad reviews and just like loses his shit basically um didn't he, didn't he burn a full manuscript of it at one point yeah I think she was able to save some of it from the fire but yeah he burned which it. is a detail from the author's actual life Yes. Yeah. So there's like an idea that he's there's figures that are probably based on people from the literary scene at the time, and Margarita is maybe based on um, his second or his third wife, who was like super devoted to his work. I guess wasn't there one Bulgakov? point? I, I forget where it was. I think I took a note as I was reading it. I think there's a footnote about it where he's like actually shit talking like actual reviewers of his work. 
in a like thinly veiled kind of way at yeah. one point which well, is yeah, kind of amazing because the first part is all about the like this sweet ass um like literary organization that has got like all these like government funds or whatever and everybody's trying to apply for these like writing residencies where you can go like hang out in like a sweet ass dacha somewhere and like write for a few months which like I want that fellowship and then so at some point Woland and Margarita cross paths or she cross paths with one of his henchmen doesn't she meet with Azazello first I don't fucking it's either Azazello or Behemoth that she meets first yeah and basically or no I think Behemoth meets up with the master Azazello meets up with Margarita, but I could be wrong. It's not Woland in either case, I don't think. I think no, it's an intermediary. No, But basically she makes a deal to become his servant or whatever if he can, um, like, save the master from himself. Excuse me. Because he has lost his mind and is in the hospital and is, like, never going to ride again and is telling her to... He, he white-fanged her. Go on. Get, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> don't come back. <laughs> I never loved you. I don't know why he has a southern accent suddenly. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not, it's not southern. <laughs> and then there are occasionally these chapters about Pontius Pilate and, like, how he is dealing with his encounter with um, Jesus, Yeshua. Which, honestly better than most of the rest of the book. I, I was intrigued by that. I wanted to read that novel about like Pilate who fucking hates his job in Jerusalem. He hates Jerusalem. It's too hot. Just like mopey Pontius Pilate. He's so mopey. He yeah, he wants to save because they get to save one of the convicted people because it's Passover or whatever. So it's like traditional that you save one somebody from execution. He wants to save... Yeshua, because he's like kind of intrigued by him. He's got like a man crush on him. Yeah, man crush Monday. Yep. And or th- Thursday or whatever day it was. It's Sun- Wednesday. Thursday. I don't know, dude. Whatever doesn't matter. And then like feels some kind of guilt because he thinks maybe that guy was special, but like it wasn't really up to him. It's up to the Jewish authorities to decide. And Christ killers, you mean? Yep. And then... As shown in the uh, uh, accurate historical document, Passion of the Christ. (laughs) I haven't seen it, so... I haven't either, but I've heard enough about it to know not to. I did see um, Apocalypto, which was super racist, so... You know, I can can imagine. In the, uh, the delicate, you know considerate hands of Mel Gibson <laughs> yeah I would, I would have to say that the um, the pilot chapter so the ones from the master's novel are uh, far more straightforward um, narratively yeah coherent not hyper referential yeah which is nice and I mean I do believe that there was a certain amount of historical research although there's lots obviously it's fictionalized story we don't fucking know what pilot thought about Uh, did he have that dog did he sleep out on the porch thing all the time i kind of love emo pilot though (laughs) it's the best he's just like i have a headache yep 
This guy's kind of interesting. Makes my headache go away. <laughs> I fucking hate my job. Hail yep. Caesar. We've all been there. <laughs> Ophelia pilot. And the like head of the um, local unit of the the Roman military's name's like Rat Killer. Yeah. It's pretty hardcore. He's got a rat bat. I assume. Yeah. You gotta have one. And then the rest of the chapters are just like insane, like surreal, like magical things happening with lots of like cultural references that I don't really get. And then Mm -hmm. the notes don't really explain. Yeah. I think that the notes presume you have a lot of like pre-existing knowledge. As I was, as I was reading this and then thinking about it after the fact that this would be a really good book to read for a class where someone gave you context and explained stuff outside of the actual text. Yeah. Uh, but just yeah. reading this and even with the footnotes, it's kind of like, yeah. Like, I, I have, you know, a, a working knowledge of the Stalin era, but not enough to understand this. Yeah. In the way that I think it's intended to be understood, at least. Right. I mean, there are parts of it that, I mean, like, clearly it's it's satirical, but so, there are times in which I'm like, this is absurd, and, and I but I don't... And I can tell, and sometimes I would laugh, like, legit, legitimately. Sure, 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 sure. But there are other times where I was like, I can tell this is a satire, but I don't fucking understand what they're satirizing. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's just, like, over my head. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and then there are times where I'm just like, I don't remember who any of these fucking characters mm-hmm, are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't care um, what I, happens to any of them. I just wanted more behemoth. That's all I ask. He's a spinoff novel. Behemoth. He's like a three foot tall, like chubby cat. Black cat. Who um, sometimes looks like a, a chubby short man who's kind of cattish. Yep. And he gets up to shenanigans that make no sense. Oh, Behemoth is the best. <laughs> best part of this book. Giant cat. Yeah, nothing he does makes sense. Yep. Um,. And the way that the other characters react to him does doesn't help me understand what is happening. Yeah, yeah. Because they're just kind of like, "Oh, Behemoth's doing a thing right now." Yep. They're 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 old pals. They you know, they're kind of they're kind of over Behemoth's shenanigans yeah. for the most part. So I guess in the end, is it Jesus who comes to Woland and is like, "Hey, so." Um, the master and margarita like you should give them peace like they don't get to go to heaven or whatever but like in the end they basically die but are feel peaceful or some shit well doesn't pilot get to like walk up some like staircase or path, something path too? of light that he's yeah. been dreaming about yeah yep. i don't i don't know i I Again, couldn't tell I'm you. There's lots of flying through the sky. Several weeks away from this. Margarita, once she up, becomes like, a witch, is naked, naked forever. Flying. Yeah. At the Never ball puts any clothes back extensively. on. Extensively. Yeah, there's Satan's ball. Eventually she puts on like a poncho once she's back with uh, uh, the master. Yeah, but she can't go back to her house. Um, to Because her, her husband's there. Yep. Fuck that dude. Um... Yeah, Satan's ball, it's like dead men. Yep. And their wives who are all naked, only yep. the women. Yep. And she just has to like greet them. And she gets really tired. And then occasionally they like 
I don't know, rubber with blood or something and she feels better. Well, and you get like little backstories about some of the people, but I really did not care about most of them. Slash yeah, all like of them. famous poisoners and stuff. People who would presumably be hanging out with uh, Satan. I don't, I don't know. Do. They came down out of the chimney. Yep. And some of them just kind of sounded like they were like in like kind of rotting corpse sort of. Maybe. Possibly. I don't know. I think that was another one of those like I'm not really sure what is happening here kinds of things. And I was glad when it was over. So that's, yeah, I guess that's plot summary, basically. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess. Who as as much as I can recall, that sounds generally accurate. They were... If you if you care, you can look it up on Wikipedia. I'm sure that's a better summary. Yeah. But... That might have helped me, actually. <laughs> yeah, no, I probably should have prepped for this, actually. But been, well, Yeah, me too. <laughs> Whatever. Especially when I, like, went weeks and weeks and, like, I'd read, like half a chapter and then not look at it again for a week yeah that's not it's not ideal conditions there were large i mean the notes said that uh Volga cuff was heavily influenced by like gogol mm-hmm. and i took a 19th century russian lit class in college where we read gogol and dostoevsky and there's like these kind of like magical realism elements that definitely reminded me of Gogol, but it was very difficult to follow. Yeah. And I, and and part of what may have helped me with those was that I was taking a class with a professor who was like, "So here's the deal with 19th century Russia." Yeah. No, I think that I think that's why this would be an excellent like classroom book. This is why it's funny. Yeah. Here's the thing about the. Uh, bureaucracy that this is satirizing or whatever. Well, and I feel like, I mean, I taught, well, I taught it in the fall and teaching it again this spring. Um, this memoir from a woman who uh, was sort of like in the gulag system. Um, and so it talks about her in various... Hashtag gulag life? Yep. Log life. Hashtag gulag death? Yep. <laughs> Mostly. Um, but like it's her in various sort of prisons in inhospitable areas and then like her train trip out to like Siberia for the gulag because there's a second volume that has other stuff in it but like there are all these moments that demonstrate like how intensely kind of literary just like average people are and are like pretty fluent in like major Russian writers yeah Uh, and I feel like that's the sort of context this is written for like people who are going to get these references automatically so you don't really need to I mean partly out of necessity stuff is veiled just because of like Stalin era repression but right yeah there are points in the notes where they're like this is a moment where maybe there was some self-censorship happening and different versions make this happen or that happen so I feel like it's partly that and I feel like partly it's just like shorthand because he knows he's writing to an audience that knows these things Right, other, his peers. Yeah. Russians, Soviets. And so we, you know, I don't know, 80 years later don't have the benefit of that, really? No. This would, I think this would be a really good book um, to do either footnotes or like, um, I've read editions of Shakespeare that have parallel text. Mm-hmm. So it's like the page of the original and then like notes and context on the other side I think this would be really good for that yeah I think it would you'd have to be devoted to it to actually read all the stuff but like it would be so helpful to have more information there and I'm mad that the notes were end notes 
Well, yeah, flipping flipping back is bullshit. And not even it's like even end notes at the end of the and, chapter. Yeah, end would of the be chapter, helpful. I can I, I can deal with. That's fine. I don't want to have to flip like two hundred pages. Bullshevik. Get your shit together, vintage books. Yeah. God fucking damn it. Yeah. No. The the premise of the plot is amazing. And there are parts that are very fun, but after a while, I was just kind of like, why is this still happening? Yeah, no, I think this would have been a nice trim, like, I don't know, 225, 250. And every Pontius Pilate chapter was like a fucking relief, because at least I could follow the story. Yeah. And instead it was like, hey, remember that obscure guy who worked at the theater that we talked about like four chapters ago and got like magically sent to Yalta and now we have to bring him up again I have to remember who that was although that theater sequence where the guy like gets his head cut off and is like holding it and is like freaking out about it and then gets his head put back on that sounds vaguely familiar his, I enjoy that uh. and there's all this shenan- all these shenanigans with like the people in the apartment building where Woland is staying and like um, getting people arrested for having uh, foreign currency and stuff that just doesn't play for me like i'm just like he's fucking magical can't he make himself a magic why does he have to like just get rid of people to take over their apartments well i mean that's a that's a you know notorious like soviet era thing well yeah the housing shortage i like i i got that from the notes yeah. but i i know i guess i've read other stuff where that comes up a decent bit and so it's like oh yeah of course they're you know trying to vie for like good apartments because you have to wait on like years long waiting lists to even get like the notion of having a private apartment mm-hmm. in certain areas is just like preposterous like you yeah. just would have to live with a bunch of people out of necessity and so I mean everyone's going to be all over that if there's the prospect of like a standalone apartment somewhere that they can get into yeah and so once once Ber- Berlioz's apartment I think so yeah so once he's done, uh, they kind of just like get rid of the other dude he lived with, somehow in a way I don't remember care to remember. That scared him off or something somehow. I I do not recall. Hey, remember um Margarita's like sleazy neighbor that they turned into a pig for a while. Yep. And her servant, and then her 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 yeah her maid Natasha like rode him to the yep. like witches Sabbath thing. That's the thing that happened. <laughs> that part made me think of um, the witch, which accomplishes much of the same thing, but much more directly. Oh, that's and a great movie. Far more briefly. Great movie. Yeah, it's good stuff. Real, just like bleak and atmospherically, like kind of unsettling. Yeah, I think I, I like those ones that are more like implied terror versus like literal stuff happening. Anyway, that's tangent, but I don't know. We want to talk about some like specific stuff that we liked, or sure. Okay, you've so, got notes. Read so them. everything with Behemoth is a delight. <laughs> he is by far the best part of the book. I, I w- would I would call you a cat man. Oh, I'm a cat man. You like cats? Um. So can I run run through some of my Behemoth the notes pussy. here? <laughs> behemoth notes. Yeah. Okay. So I think one of the earliest things. Um, when he's first introduced, I, this is on page 100, so I feel like it's fairly early on. Yeah. Uh, I guess I could get my copy. Yeah, I don't even remember. I, just, I have fairly cryptic notes, but um, 
Let's see if I can find the spot here. The chapter names were great, though. Yeah, the chapter names are some of the best parts of it, so... Oh, man. See. The Evil Apartment. The Evil was... Apartment. I liked... Um, let's see... Never Talk to Strangers is the name of the first chapter. Ivan is split in two. Uh, Praise be to the rooster. <laughs> good. Um, Satan's Grand Ball sounded good. Ended up being disappointing in actuality. Way too long. Uh, Azazello's Cream. Yeah. Which sounds like a, like a spinoff porn of this probably <laughs> okay here I'll just, I'll just I'll just read the read the paragraph this is brief uh, but then the cat pulled a trick that was even more skillful than the one with Rimsky's watch suddenly rising from the couch he walked on his hind paws to the table under the mirror pulled the stopper out of the carafe, uh poured some vodka into a glass drank it put the stopper back in place and then wiped his whiskers off with a makeup rag and so my note is behemoth drinks vodka and then in parentheses basically lauren because <laughs> you're like mostly a cat yeah there's a lot of napping being awake at inappropriate times um, knocking glasses of water over bris bristliness <laughs> but then also wanting attention yep sometimes yep yeah so you're you're pretty much a cat yep does that mean you're allergic to yourself as far okay. as I know, I'm not. Yeah, but maybe that's my problem. Maybe, maybe that's your allergies. Yeah, maybe that's why I have such bad allergies. Mm -hmm. Well, I did like, at the beginning, the reason that, uh, one of the reasons, well, besides seeing his friend beheaded, after Satan told him he was going to be beheaded. Sure. Is that Ivan dude, um, like, gets sent away to the, the mental hospital, whatever, whatever, because he keeps trying to um tell people that there was this cat walking on his hind legs and it got on a like a street car he just yep. like walked onto the trolley and then the trolley was like the driver was like hey no cats on this trolley <laughs> which was kind of amazing. that was a stride. very like that was a very like go gogolian moment for me okay so addi additional behemoth so behemoth drinks vodka basically lauren mm, first okay. note I'll accept it. Um, I'm very, I'm, I'm like a large, a, a rotund, giant cat. This is on uh, two eighteen. Is my next one. Those following along at home. Okay, hold. On. I'm just, I'm just gonna read these because they're short paragraphs. <clears throat> Do it. Uh, in the meantime, the cat, covered in dust and standing on his hind paws, was bowing to Margarita. He had a white bow tie around his neck and a pair of ladies' mother of pearl opera glasses hanging from a cord on his chest. In addition, the cat's whiskers were gilded. And so this is Behemoth as Dandy, is my note. <laughs> yeah, that was his outfit for the ball. Yeah. Um, <sighs> there are too many good ones. Oh, also he's not wearing pants. Yeah. And, uh, well, he's like Tony the Tiger. Like, Wolland you don't have is to. like, why do you need a tie if you're not wearing trousers? And then he just says, uh, cats aren't supposed to wear trousers. Yeah, seriously, bro. Obviously. Uh, so then, this is at the ball. Or 2.32 here. But there's a pool, I believe, of wine. Um, mm -hmm. It's like a champagne pool or something. Yeah, Behemoth casts a spell on it, turns it into brandy, and then does a cannonball into the brandy pool. <laughs> which <laughs> That's is kind of amazing. amazing. Mm. And this is when he's still, uh, he's still in dandy form, but his necktie shrinks, and he loses his opera glasses and his whisker uh, gilding. But who cares? Comes off in the brandy. Brandy cannonball, bro. Brandy ball. Cannon brand, and then 
I, I keep wanting to say my favorite behem- behemoth moment, but it, it's tough to decide. Uh, 291. So he's been shot. And... Uh, oh, yeah. And the authorities are kind of, like, cleaning up after the less, the mess that Woland has left. Yeah. And they, come, they, they like, Soviet SWAT team this apartment and are, like, shooting at him a shit ton. And so behemoth gets shot and then remarks, the only thing that can save a mortally wounded cat is a swig of kerosene. So he drinks some kerosene, blood stops, good to go. Which I, I wrote down as a uh, Agent Jack Bauer moment. <laughs> Indestructible junkyard cat. Mm-hmm. So clearly, yeah, so Behemoth is the best part. And then there's like an insane gun battle, but nobody gets shot. And then... I think I had that as a bullets have no effect note. And then he like sets the apartment on fire and like burns the building down. Uh, one other tangentially uh, behemoth moment that I want to mention as well. The Sadovaya uh, Street apartment. Uh, this is on 177. Uh, the bartender mumbled something and started swiftly down the stairs. For some reason, his head felt hot and uncomfortable in the hat. He took it off and, jumping with fright, let out a soft yelp. In his hands was a velvet beret with a rumpled cock's feather. The bartender crossed himself. At that very moment, the beret meowed and turned into a black kitten, which then leapt... <laughs> Uh, back onto Andre Fokic's head and dug its claws into his bald spot, which I had down as haberdashing question mark because <laughs> I think it might be. Yeah, wearing that, wearing that cat like a hat. Yep, cat beret. Unintentional haberdashing. Yeah, still it's haberdashery, yeah. nonetheless. It's the it's the it's the bullying craze. Uh, wear someone like a hat. Spread it. Yep. Wear Does it have to be a hat? Like Could you wear them like other clothes or? Well, so far it's just haberdashing, but, okay. you know, you never know what the bullies are going to come up with next. Yeah, so that was good. Um, so a- anything behemoth is enjoyable. Yeah. Um, two other tangential things that I thought were intriguing in different spots and very spot on. Oh, so this is, uh, I think when Berlioz is at the Writers Club early on. Someone is at the Writers Club at some point. Possibly yeah. it's the other dude, the poet. Um, at the building, the uh, building on the Gorboyedov or whatever. Yeah, wherever. Um, so this person, whoever it is, is walking in at that moment and talks about the uh, the sound of the uh, jazz band clashing with the dishes going down to the dishwashing <laughs> as being the sound of hell, <laughs> which I appreciated. And then, and then, sec- <laughs> secondary note. At Satan's actual grand ball, yeah, there's a monkey jazz band playing yeah, there. Yeah, there was. Yeah, so clearly jazz, the soundtrack of hell. But yep. So hashtag yeah. facts. Yep. So that's also monkey jazz band is like racist as fuck. Dude. It's extremely racist. Yeah. Like really. Bulgakov. A lot. Mish. Mish mish. Mish mish. Gotta get it together, man. It's twentieth century. Well, that's a pretty racist century, I guess. Yeah. But regardless. And he's dying. Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing about reading Russian books is um, saying the names to myself because I took two semesters of Russian a really I've long time t- I've ago. Taught, when I taught, well, I've taught uh, mm-hmm. Red Plenty, which is more recent, but uh, taught Darkness at Noon, which is from like a similar era, which is a vastly better book than this, I would say. But the students always complained about how hard the Russian names are, which they're really not. No, and at they're all. fun. Yeah. 
Nikanor Ivanovich Basoy Jeldabin. The one I, I will Stepan say. Stepan Bogdanovich. It's a while since I read it, but uh, when I read Anna Karenina, that was pretty complicated. Because their names and like patronyms and like the shorter oh, abbreviations the of yeah. things. Yeah. And it just took a little while to get everyone sorted. I want to say that when we read Anna Karenina in that class, that there was um, a little part at the beginning that was like a chart, basically. Or we, made, or we made one in class. I had a... I don't remember what it was. I think it was like a Penguin, like, deluxe classics version. That I don't think had a cast of characters, but it's like... That book's long enough, and the people repeat enough that you can figure it out. Eventually, yeah. it just takes a couple hundred pages to get everyone straight. You should... You should well, should you read Red Plenty? I think you should. It's one of my favorite books. But anyway, it uh, it has a cast of characters at the beginning. Because they're, I don't know, it's a bunch of different, like, perspectives throughout, like, a, you know, 20, 30 year period. And characters overlap at various points. <clears throat> and so, like, it's important that you kind of, like, know who these people are. And so it has a fairly detailed, like, cast of characters at the beginning, which is helpful. Yeah. Because if you're trying to juggle, like, 30 different people, it's helpful to have a refresher. Sure, 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 sure. It's like when you get, like, four episodes into um, the season of a reality show, and you just, like, suddenly, like, people start to get eliminated, and then suddenly there's there's contestants that you're like, who the fuck is that? Have they been here the whole time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, they're not interesting or whatever. They, they haven't been edited into an, an interesting storyline. Or they're just uneditable. Uneditable. Beyond the say editor's some Russian touch. names at you. Uh, Pelagia Antonovna, the nurse. Here's one. Timofey Kondratyevich. Kondratyevich. Yeah, I love Russian names. Varenuka. Lichodayev. Rimsky. Those are people who worked at the... Evidenced by the number of... Theater. Oh, no, the nurse was Praskovia Fyodorovna. Fyodorovna. Uh, as evidenced by the number of plush friends who have Russian names. That's true. Irina. Yevgeny. Mm-hmm. Pyotr. Pyotr. Yep. Are those all uh, Russian babies? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if there's anyone else. I don't think there's anyone else who's Russian. Yet. Yeah. Yet. Yeah, I'm trying to think what other notes I have. It's mostly just, well, I've hit almost everything I had. The yeah. one. So the guy... Uh, the empty suit at the desk I enjoyed mm, when that mm-hmm. guy's like invisible but is like still doing like yeah just bureaucratic busy work and doesn't seem to realize that he's invisible and is just yelling at everyone for well, like his, being like, afraid of him and running away administrative assistant is like freaked the fuck out about it is that at the same place where all the workers started singing um show tunes together and couldn't stop possibly it's around the same it's in the early part of the book yeah some some woolen fuckery. Yeah. Yeah, though that stuff was very Gogolian. It reminded Gogolian. me a lot of the of the Gogol that I have read. Yagoogly. Y- y- um. Yes, it's a Yagoogly. I should have had a Yagoogly y- for Berlioz. <laughs> so that that part I like. Wait, did they did his? It was his head that ended up at Satan's ball as the like chalice or whatever, right? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It got stolen from the funeral home. 
And the other, the only other note I have, well, there are two other notes that I haven't touched on yet. Um, when Berlioz sends a telegram about his own death, <laughs> is great. What is it? Uh, I guess I could just look it up. It was like, I was killed at my yeah. funeral will be. Yeah. It's on 165. Let me see. Margarita uh, Nikolaevna. It's at... I have just been cut in half by a streetcar at Patriarch's <laughs> funeral Friday, 3 p.m. Come, Berlioz. I mean, that's, that's very polite. Yeah. The love story between the master and Margarita <laughs> is just like... I do not care. Don't give a shit. She's devoted to him for some reason, even yeah. though she has, like, a kind, handsome, well-off husband. Um, well, I guess maybe he's boring. Yeah. But instead, she's... Yeah, she's absolutely desperately devoted to this writer writing this Fail, failed writer a failed mostly. writer working on a book about fucking Pontius Pilate in his little basement apartment who like barely acknowledges her at all yep that just and he's not hotter. even happy when she gets him out of the hospital and is like hey we magically can go back to our lives before before you freaked out it's like yeah I was kind of I was about to break that off but you know you're you're awesome you're great <laughs> Listen, you, you'd be better off without me. There Again, the, he white fanged her. There, there was a section that was cut out where he gave her the uh, "It's not you, it's me." <laughs> um, pretty effectively, I yeah. think. But yeah, I don't get, I don't get why she loves him so much. I don't know, dude. because he doesn't really even seem to like her. I mean, I, I feel like some of that has to be from like Bulgakov's own life with like. His former wives or whatever. Yeah. That he's shit talking someone there somehow. Well, he's like, it's very sweet, but isn't she just ruining her own life right now? Mostly, yeah. And she was reader. She was. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's a meta metatextual reference. Sofia Pavlovna. She's gonna keep reading Russian names. Archibald Archibaldovich. That was that was a favorite. Mm, Antonita Porfirievna. Porfirievna. Practice that one. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely stuff that's, like, of the time where, like, people disappear and they just assume that they've been arrested because that happened to people. Well, yeah, yeah, no, people get disappeared fairly regularly. But that's in this case, it was magic. Uncommon, yeah. And, um... And this, I mean, I knew about like from that 19th century Russian lit class about how like deeply entrenched like a, the, there's a, a Byzantine bureaucracy is 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 a, a huge part of that was my other the note. culture the one and other has note, been since Peter the Great the one other note I have was to, I forget the context it was some sort of like medical treatment discussion uh, but they were talking about the Bureau of Leeches <laughs> yeah and the fake was... the fake bureaus are great because yeah. like you know what there might have been one. I would not doubt that there was a Bureau of Leeches, probably. But, uh, yeah, that part I really enjoyed. Just yeah. Stuff like that, which is, like, yeah, like, broader cultural references that I know mm -hmm. that I enjoyed. I think if if for no other reason than there was just, like, this, like, undertow of other shit that I just was, like, not getting. There was a... Like a yeah, there's, like, a commentary section in the back. I read all the end notes, but I didn't read the, like afterward oh, I don't think I read that either afterwards are for suckers if you wanted me to read it you should have made it a before word yeah 
Or like a during word. Yeah. Talk, there's stylistic and thematic parallels between the pilot chapters and the Moscow chapters. I remember reading stuff like that in the notes. And the, well, and it talked about like stuff that he was doing in terms of how he like rendered the names in the pilot chapters. That was like deliberately kind of obscure. Well, I think he was making them closer to the actual like. Yeah, Hebrew which names. I think I think yeah, it's closer to the actual, but. But like, you know, you could recognize them. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, there's tons of notes and parallels to Faust, which I haven't read. So, and like, the interesting thing about the Yeshua Jesus character is, um, I just was just thinking of is he's kind of like. He just seems kind of like a, a sort of like a, a well-meaning hippie who wants to talk philosophy with you, but like, and 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 Pilot's intrigued for whatever reason, whether it's like religious, magical, or just like I don't know, struck him in a weird mood, but yeah, he doesn't really seem that special. No, I sort of like that. It's like a like a down-to-earth Jesus. Well, then there's that chapter with um, Judas. Uh, he was going to go collect his money or whatever for turning him in and then they just have him killed. That was kind of interesting. Those, yeah. those chapters were just kind of interesting, basically, yeah. as like a like a, a novelized, fictionalized uh, take on like biblical shit. No, I definitely would have read like a full-length manuscript of the like pilot book. Right. I mean, I guess Margarita's not wrong then. She was right to save it from the fire and keep it in her little like I'm having an affair drawer in the secret room <laughs> <laughs> yep definitely don't have one of those uh, Margarita look Nikolaevna what are you doing seriously girl <sighs> get together your, what would your patronym be it would be after your dad's actual first name Harisovich Harisovich yep. Isaac Harisovich I'd be Lauren M- Milfordavna <laughs> yeah or Ovna. 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 Ov- probably Ovna. Anyway, <laughs> Russian is a cool language. Yep. Um, this book somewhat less so. When I posted something about how this is what we are reading next, a number of people that I know, just know, like Facebook friends or whatever, who I have no reason to believe listen to this podcast, um, just saw it and were like, oh, I love that book. It's my favorite. Yeah. Which I would love to hear from you about, like, why or maybe I'm missing something. Although the fact that I feel like you and I are on the same page about it makes me feel better because, like, I mean, you teach literature. Like, we're both extremely well-read, well-educated people who probably have a higher-than-normal, like working knowledge of of maybe kind of like russian and soviet stuff just from like personal interests especially you but just still being like yeah no i don't i don't get it yeah (laughs) makes me well i guess like i don't know because i well you should read darkness at noon anyway because it's a fantastic book um this is the podcast where isaac recommends books to me that i'm never Darkness at Noon is really good. And it's, I, it's not that I don't believe you. It's just like, how many books do I have that I haven't read? And also, instead, we're going to just read garbage for this podcast. It's just basically a guy in prison reflecting on uh, 
his experiences as being uh, like an early sort of inherent like at like the beginning of the sort of Soviet Union, the communist, uh, like the Bolsheviks, mm-hmm. uh, and basically sort of concluding that he is willing to sacrifice himself for the greater good of the party, and it's just these like intense philosophical discussions for like two hundred fifty pages. It is terrific. That doesn't okay. It's much better than that description makes it sound, but Fyodor Ivanovich. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, no, I think I'm, it might be partly sort of a context thing that I think if I was reading it for a class with additional stuff outside of it, or if I was even like, it was my primary focus, but I think with like, in a semester, reading a bunch of other stuff at the same time, my attention was kind of divided. And I think too, I mean, it would just also like I remember looking at one point during after I sort of finished it and before we were headed towards this um, and there are sort of like critical companions and stuff out there oh I'm sure that I think would have been helpful or even just like we said just better notes in the book would have been helpful yeah I mean you don't want to make it like a 600 page book but you could add a few clarifying notes here and there yeah, motherfuckers that would have been helpful what are you doing like hey this Diana is a reference Bergen to Catherine this O'Connor. person no, I don't. I don't trust. Get off any, your Irish ass. I don't trust any uh, Russian translations that aren't uh, Pivir and Volkon, Volkonsky. They're the sort of premier translators now. Mm-hmm. To a lot of Dostoevsky, other stuff. Natasha Lukanishna Nepremenova. We should read some Dostoevsky. I've got Brothers Karamazov in there, but it's long. Yeah, I haven't read that one. They're all long. Well, Crime no. and Punishment isn't that long. No, Crime and Punishment went really Notes quick, Notes from too. Underground isn't long, either. No, Notes from Underground is really short. Yeah, no, I'm intrigued by Russian lit in general. I just felt like I was not getting what I was supposed to get out of this one. No, Which is somewhat neither. disappointing, but also I didn't really feel like putting the work into it to track down stuff beyond that that yeah. would have helped. There's a, there's a book, and there's a page, and we're both on it. Yep. Same one. Yeah, read you that shit. Yep, on there on it yeah so I, was, I, I would be happy to hear from the world about you know how i'm not appreciating this appropriately or what i should yeah. have done instead or or yeah because i mean at a certain point with especially the kind of like more surrealistic aspects of it where it's like the plot isn't even really moving like nothing ha- barely anything happens in this book yeah um like actually yeah it's mostly just like woolen fucks with some people uh-huh master and margarita kind of get back together but you don't really care and, and then, then they go, and then, and then Jesus, they leave, and um, a lot of things go back to normal. And then Jesus gets crucified. Yeah. And, and Pontius Pilate gets all like emo about shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is. But at least he has his dog with him. Yeah. <laughs> his best friend. Yeah. So please do uh, let us know. What is the deal with Master and Margarita? Why is it such a classic? If it doesn't make sense to me, literally the smartest person who has ever read a book. I would just like someone to explain to me the commotion, <laughs> if possible. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> you knew it was coming. Um, well, there are ways you can get in touch with us. Um, you can email. Email? Uh, email. You can send us an emu mail. <laughs> um. You know, we had, we had a war over emu once. <laughs> 
It's not important. Oh, hey, um, I do do comedy things. So if you live in the Twin Cities, you should look up Minnesota Tonight. We're a uh, news satire local show. It's pretty It's pretty left-leaning, though, so be aware. Yeah, yep. Sometimes racists walk out of it when I'm dressed like John C. Calhoun describing the ways in which I'm being tortured. Uh, that was amazing, because John C. Calhoun's a dick. Yeah, he's the fucking worst. If you don't live here, you can't come to our, our monthly taping. Um, we do have stuff online, Minnesota Tonight. Just look us up on uh, YouTube. Follow um, that Twitter account because I run it. Yeah, you do. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at DinoLoreRexNut. Um, and you can email us as a podcast. Still no emails from listeners. Uh, it's couplesbookclubcast at gmail.com. Um, our website is couplesbookclub.blog. Um, we also uh, have, you can find us on Facebook, and I occasionally post updates there. You're welcome to engage with our hashtag content. Uh, uh, always good for suggestions, too. Yeah, if you, if you want to hear us talk about a specific Good book, or bad. Good or bad. You, y'all know we do both. Um, yeah, suggestions, definitely. Um, just, you know, like... Uh, virulent reactions or tepid reactions. So tepid. <laughs> Luke warm. Uh, love it. Yep. Um, so next we're reading a trash book. Um, just we, to torture ourselves. Do we decide? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, I picked up this copy at the uh, the Goodwill a while back and it's, it's come back to haunt me because Isaac has picked it out. I just know I'm going to like hate read the oh, I'm fuck gonna out hate of it. it. I'm gonna hate it. So, it's gonna make me so mad. It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna make me so bad. It was ubiquitous in the 90s. It has uh, misshaped uh, millions of people's minds about gender and relationships. One might say mutilated possibly. <laughs> it is. Men are from Mars. Women are from Venus yeah. by quote Dr. John Gray. No, John Gray comma PhD. Oh pardon me. A practical guide for improving communication and getting what you want in your relationships from the 90s. And it is gonna be sexist. Sure. Heteronormative. Sure. Um, just generally offensive and um, filled with stereotypes. Yep. Um, I, I can't wait to just want to throw it against a wall. Well, it's a hardbound, so it should be able to stand up to some abuse. <laughs> Uh, well, you better let me have this copy. You get one from the library. Yeah, it's not going to be thrown against the wall. I might throw that one too. Well, we can take turns. We'll see. We can take turns. We can burn it after we're done. Yes. It's been so long since I burned a book. We still have Fifty Shades of Grey. We can burn that too. You have your copy, I think. I'd yeah, donate, the one that I, I donated mine, but gave it back to back from whence it came. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the circle of life. It's the circle of books. Exactly. Okay, that's all I have to say. Okay, how do we end this? Is this how we end this? It's just, it's just over. Anymore. Okay, it's over. I, I was thinking of. Do you do you recall the uh, popular Janet Jackson song "Miss You Much"? I do. Uh, and she just does that like that's the end part at the end that I assume was like I don't know when they were recording something. 
She just says that. She just says that's the end. Yeah, it's just at the end. It's just like that's the end. Like a question. Like she's talking to whoever was in the booth, <laughs> and then like that's just how the song ends, which is amazing. I like that. All right. Well, in the spirit of Janet Jackson, Ima- imagine that happening right now. That's the end. 